Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in. Welcome back. Happy New Year. So glad to be back with you as we get rolling on a new episode of Horsepower Happenings. Let's take a look at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. First and foremost, we have to back up a couple of weeks. Uh... Actually, we don't have to back up at all. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. We're doing we're doing a uh, Fort Wayne recap coming up in just a second. Right now, we're going to tell you though that going on this week, Chili Bowl Nationals is underway. Qualifiers each night the rest of the week, main event and the big Alphabet Soup Rich on Saturday night. Everything is available with your Flow Racing subscription. Wild West Shootout got underway over the weekend. Vado Speedway Park in New Mexico, night number one, Saturday, Kate Dillard hopped off of a, or holding off a late race charge. He hopped out front early and held off Bobby Pierce to grab the win. Then last night, Smooth Operator got it done his way, ripping the lip, getting around Mike Marler in the final laps to take his first win of the week. Now that's just in the super late model division. They got like 14 divisions of modifieds out there too. I think it's only three, but it still feels like a lot. Uh, and they are back in action on Wednesday. How about Chase Berta? What a week for Berta. Uh, we'll talk about what happened with him on Friday, but then he joins a list of six other drivers who are part of the Road to Daytona program through the Arkham Menard series. He joins uh, Tyler Reef, Sean Hingarani, Justin Bogsignor, Jacob Giotti, uh, Brian uh, Sierkeski, and Michael Hind. There's another name you might recognize um, as drivers who are on that Road to Daytona program. They'll get a chance to go down and test an ARCA car this week down at Daytona. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Go blue, baby. Yes, sir. Go yes. blue. <laughs> I couldn't find my Michigan hat, and I still cannot find it, so I'm repping the Lions today, but we got a lot of go blue roster on the Lions this year, so that works. Um, yeah, right? So so we're hurrying through this program tonight because we got to make uh, the national championship game, which is coming up here very soon. Uh, Friday, you and I kind of got to work together a little bit and kind of got back with all of our CRA friends for the banquet down at uh, Swan Lake Golf and Resort. Pretty cool place down there. Yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, and it was nice seeing everybody. I mean, uh, you just see the smiles on everybody's faces getting the awards. And then I, I thought it was pretty cool, the special awards, actually, uh, which really don't have anything to do with performance on the racetrack, um, just kind of how you treat people and um, whether in the pit, pit area or officials. And and those were some cool awards that we got involved with. Yeah, we got a chance to uh, – you got you got to hand out the Sunoco Sportsman of the Year Award to Chase Berta and your buddy Greg Stillwell Jr. That was pretty cool. And, and I knew that one was special for you. It was. You know, I, I had raced with Greg for a long time uh, before I retired, so – you know, we, we've been friends for a long time, and it was just, I, I thought it was cool uh, moving up from Toledo Speedway out onto the road with the Champion Racing Association, and uh, he had a great season, and, um, you know, he was rewarded, uh, you know, for his sportsmanship. I thought that was great. And, of course, Chase Burda, not somebody you're a stranger to either, so that was cool to do that. Uh, and then uh, Brian Demlin, I got to hand that reward out to him. He's, you know, and he'll be the first to tell you, I'm not here to because I'm going to win races. We love this sport. We have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, he just tries to get better every time. And uh, no surprise there that he got the Sportsman of the Year Award. And then Cole Baxter in the Street Stock Division, uh, first full-time season, he got Rookie of the Year honors 
and the Sportsman of the Year, so that was pretty cool. And uh, Rob Berta and Bob Varney get the dedication to the Sport Award. How cool was that? It was. I mean, that just like when Bob talked, I mean, his family's been in this for 70 years. I think that nine, almost 70 years, he said 1955, I think. Yep. Um, uh, and, and that's awesome because, you know, it's been that long that just about everywhere you go, there's a you find a Varney racing somewhere. Um, so that was well-deserved. And, and Rob, Rob Berta, I mean, he just, he just treats everybody the right way. You don't see, you don't see anybody. You can walk to the pit area. Um, you know, nobody can say a bad word about Rob. All right. Let's go back a couple of weeks because uh, this did not happen when we recorded our last show. Um, Allen County Coliseum, the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum down in Fort Wayne. The Rumble in Fort Wayne a couple of weeks ago. Go over some quick results for you. Uh, 600 non-wing division will start there because they kind of are uh, one of the preliminary divisions. And a Horsepower Happenings regional driver got the job done. Warsaw, Indiana's Dylan Newsbaum went to victory lane. Who knew he could do some open wheel stuff? Uh, hopefully we'll find out more about that a little later on. He held off another modified ace, Dylan, uh, Dylan Woodling. I know you've seen both of those guys race indoor as well. And uh, Brian Booz got the uh, third place on the podium. In the 600 winged feature, Nathan Franklin, the Lafayette, Indiana driver, got the win over Dylan Woodling, who, of course, we just mentioned is a modified driver, and Kelsey Ivey, who we'll see uh, a talk to coming up here in just a few moments on the program uh, from Fremont, Ohio. She rounded out the podium in the 600 winged feature category. And then, of course, the top-tier division of all the week, the Midgets. Uh, Joe Ligori got the job done from Tampa, Florida, picking up the win, started on the pin, and that's all he needed to go home victorious after the 50-lap dash. Travis Wellpot in the second spot, the Pendleton, Indiana driver. And uh, Chatham, Illinois' Mario Closer from 12th, Rich, from 12th, finishes on the podium in third, so pretty cool there. Um, Rich, we're going to talk more about this coming up, but how about the CRA schedules that were officially all released on Friday? Um, Scott Menlin here in just a few moments. You got a chance to look at these schedules. What were, what was your initial impression? I thought it was pretty cool that, uh, there's five tracks in our region, um, that aren't the, the biggest thing I saw that aren't using, used to seeing the Jake Surrey All-Stars tour on a regular basis. Um, that's a lot of expansion in one season and that I think it's really going to open it up and, and let some people all over our region because there's some tracks up North and tracks down in mid Michigan. You get down towards the border in Ohio and, and Southeast Michigan as well. Everybody's going to get a chance to get out to see the Jake Surrey all-stars tour this summer. Well, it just so happens. We called up the man who's partially responsible for those schedules, rich. And uh, I think we know him pretty well. Go ahead and introduce us. Yeah, we got to spend some time with them. We were both uh, down at Plymouth, Indiana this weekend for the CRA Championship Awards Banquet. We got to spend a few minutes with him. We get to spend a little more time with him tonight. He is the Series Director for Champion Racing Association, Scott Menlin. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Always enjoy being a part of the show. I just mentioned... Um, Zach asked me what my key take was from these schedules, and right off the top, I said... The Jake Surrey All-Stars Tour, five tracks throughout Michigan that aren't used to seeing the Jake Surrey All-Stars Tour in our region. You can see them this summer. Yeah, what uh, what a different Jake's Tour schedule we have in 2024. Uh, a lot of new, different, exciting things, as, as you mentioned. So right off the bat, right, the points opener, Saturday night, April 27th at Berlin Raceway. The Jake's Tour hasn't been to Berlin in quite some time we'll open with a big 5,000 to win show uh so new new well racetrack we haven't been to in a bit uh and an elevated purse race right away to start the year we'll return to anderson speedway on may 4th i know that's outside of michigan but it's it's a track that we haven't been to in a couple of years um several appearances at owasso throughout the season but First time in CRA history, we'll go to Corgan Oil Speedway or Spartan Speedway in Lansing, uh, return to Flat Rock, and then the first time since the, the very first JEG CRA All-Stars Tour presented by Chevrolet Performance Race way back in 2011, we go back to Toledo Speedway on Friday, July 26th. So we're very excited about that. And then probably the biggest surprise of all, maybe, <laughs> Whittemore Speedway. 
4th of July weekend, 4th up north 104. Uh, what that's going to be a really, really cool, fun event that's a little unusual compared to what we would normally do. This schedule. Well, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to follow up on that just a little bit. Why um, not? Talk about why Whittemore, because I think if you would ask anybody who follows Champion Racing Association and said, pick a track that uh, is going to have a race this year, you probably wouldn't guess Whittemore. No, uh, it, it's it's the biggest surprise on the schedule. There's no doubt about that. But what a cool place Whittemore is. And it it's going to be, uh, I, I've been joking around with some of the teams, it's a prepare for a rustic experience. Uh, which is the cool part about it because it is the oldest racetrack in Michigan continuously operating quarter mile. It has some banking and it's a really, really racy racetrack. You can use that second lane. So we expect to see a lot of side by side. And for most teams, they've never been to Whittemore before. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, it's going to be a, a more level playing field. The track creates some, some great racing and, and the, the town is already excited for us to come to town. Um, it, it's a big race for that racetrack, and, and I, I do want a, a shout out to the to the whole club and all the event organizers that have been working so hard to uh, to pull this off. So I think it's very exciting for the racetrack and the community, and it's very exciting for for our tour and, and the teams. And by the way, rustic encompasses the up north life, so that was a perfect uh, right. description <laughs> of Whittemore. Jag's schedule in 2024. It is no secret that there was a concentrated effort to stay within a certain mile radius of Michigan or in Michigan altogether. Um, and and I, I don't know that the JEGS tour has ever really done that in this way. CRA, you know, an Indiana-based company, when it was founded and as it ran, kind of talk about what everybody saw and, and kind of what went into this where we said, okay, the JEGS tour is going to race a lot in Michigan in 2024. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different schedule, uh, and, and we feel it was the right time for for a different schedule. And there's certainly some reasons behind it. Um, so, you know, Mr. Glenn Luckett and, and R.J. Scott founded CRA, and and uh, Rick Dawson was a big part of the the creation of the of the series. And Greg Woods had a lot of involvement, and and those guys have done an outstanding job. And and we've been in business for 27, 28 years now, uh, which is a tremendous accomplishment. So Track Enterprise picked up uh, CRA a couple of years ago, and, and, and last year was uh, the, my first year to have the opportunity to be in this position. And we really did a lot of evaluating, especially the first portion of the year, to figure out exactly where we were. And, and then the second, third, started working with the race teams and the race tracks, And then that final third, taking some of those ideas, starting to implement them and, and lay the groundwork for 24 and, and now 24 is is here so what we found with with the jegs tours we do have a high concentration of teams in the michigan area northern indiana and we still have some indiana teams and some southern teams as, as well but there's a pretty good concentration of teams up there and the the prolate model team isn't necessarily set up the same way that a super late model team is the the Workforce is a little bit different, right? The size of the team, the the budget, the desire to travel. So we, I feel like we took a lot of time to learn some of those differences and, and some of the desires of our team, um, and, and combine that with wanting to re-engage our fan base and, and build a stronger following uh, through through the through the series. So. One of our solutions to that was to expand the schedule in number of races, but condense it geographically. And I think that was the whole the whole key here. There's there's not uh, long distance tow points races, right? Cordial's not, Nashville's not a points race. So all the point races are in a smaller region, a little more manageable for the teams to compete. We tried to avoid back to back weekends the best we could, and then we've reduced the number of multi day shows too. Most of these shows are one-day shows, uh, which which is good. Increase the prize money. Uh, so just kind of taking a lot of these factors and putting them together, and, and uh, we're really looking forward to, to hitting the racetrack this year. We're expecting a, a lot of announcements to be coming out soon about full-time tour teams competing for the JEG Tour Championship in 24. Yeah, and you mentioned payout, right? One of the things that this may be insider information, but it's going to be very public knowledge when it's all said and done is, you know, 90% of these races – 
are not only increased payout off the minimum, but the minimum JEGS Tour purse 90% of the time has gone up in 24 as well. And, you know, that was important to everybody, I think, with CRA because, again, listening to your customers, what do you guys need to show up at the racetrack? And, and it was pretty simple, more money. And uh, you and your team with Track Enterprises and CRA found a way to make that happen. Yeah, and uh, it, it took a little bit of work. We, we certainly would have liked to have gotten the schedule out sooner, but uh, we decided it was better to make sure the schedule was, was on point, even if it took more time. Than, uh, than, than to rush something out early for the sake of getting it out sooner. And there's, there's multiple 5,000 to win, 10,000 to win, and $15,000 to win pro late model shows on, on the schedule this year. And, and some of those pay 1,200 and 1,000 to start. Uh, so it, it's pretty solid. And that was an important factor. Um, you know, we, we do believe that, that that is just a factor, right? There's, there's so many factors that, that go into it. And uh, at the end of the day, though, we, when it comes to working with our race teams, I mean, we, we strive to create a place that teams want to race. That's, that's essentially what, uh, what, what we're trying to do. And, and so tires and rules and, and tech and, and the way our officials treat teams and, and the way that we communicate and, and work together, it, it really is a collaborative effort for this to be successful. Um, and, and, and that goes, I think that expands over into the fan side of things too, a, a lot that we're doing with, with merchandise and expanding that program and a lot of fan engagement and more driver interactions and, and more autographs and meet and greet opportunities. And, and those sort of things are, are really high on our priority list as we get into 24. All right. Now, anybody who follows this show closely knows that Rich and I have an association with CRA. That also means that we have an association with Scott. And if you listen to the entire program, right down to the last five seconds, you'll know that I say on behalf of Scott Menlin, who pays the bills. So I'm not trying to get our jobs in jeopardy, but I would do this to Barry Marlowe. In fact, he has racetracks missing off of his schedule for 2024 that everybody wanted the, to be on there. And so I'm going to do this to you, too. And I, I, I just it's an interesting part of building a schedule that I don't think the fan base realizes you look at this TBA on August 23rd, and, and the comments on Facebook were I actually quite comical. If you squint hard enough, TBA almost spells out Birch Run Speedway. But, uh, you know, there was some management change over there at Birch Run, and management change midway through the offseason is tough. Um, just talk about this TBA and, and the lack of Birch Run and, and just kind of the scheduling process. And, right, nobody's saying it's going to be Birch Run. Nobody's saying it's not going to be Birch Run, but – Everybody realizes that they are off of the schedule right now in 2024, and, and that's a pretty that's a pretty gleaming missing track at this point. Yeah, it uh, it, it was not on our initial radar for for Bertrand not to be on the schedule, um, and and we're we are in communication with uh, with Bertrand, and uh, so we're we're working on a, a, a few things, and and there's a there's a possibility maybe we'll see them on the schedule, maybe we'll see something else on the schedule on that date, but um, but we are working through that, and 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 that's that's really what it you know what what this is it, it is truly a, a a partnership with the uh, with the racetrack. There's kind of four key groups that make up these events, at least in my opinion, which of course is is the race teams, the the series organizers the racetracks the the marketing partners um and 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 then of course the race fans and i know that's five so you can roll you can roll the series and the racetrack into one that makes four but <laughs> uh, but we uh and, and so so it is a partnership and and at you know at, at the end of the day so we've we've got to put on a a good show and the racetracks need to be able to sell tickets uh, it's got to make sense so for everybody to, everybody's got to think that it, it makes sense it, yeah, and, and so so the, the teams, right? They so they want more prize money, um, and, and so so again, so we create the place that that they want to race, and then we have the teams and our stars, and we get that fan interaction, and this is where it goes into a collaborative effort again, because at the end of the day, the the, the racetrack has to sell tickets to to make that that work, and we all share that responsibility, whether it's a team, whether it's it's us as the series and 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 the racetrack. I mean, we really do believe that this is a a shared responsibility that we're uh, that we're all in this together. Um, so it's it's got to make sense for all for all the parties and and you know to some of these promoters' credits, right? When we're going back to tracks we haven't been to in a while on some brand new racetracks, they're they're taking a big risk on on us 
and, and that's something that that responsibility we take very seriously that, hey, we're, we're going to perform when we go to this racetrack this year and put together a good show. And um, and, and, and that fan base continued to, uh, to to build it back up. And we've we've got a lot of good things on the on the horizon. And, and we're certainly looking forward to getting to the racetrack. Scott, one of my favorite divisions or series to watch, and you know this by now, is the ASA Stars National Tour following their inaugural season. I just had a ball with the races that I was able to do that with. And your ASA CRA Super Series schedule, five times you double up with the ASA Stars National Tour. Talk about that. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about the Super Series schedule, too. There will definitely be a lot of crossover, as I think there already is with Super Late Models, between the Southern Super Series and the ASA Stars National Tour, um, and, and even the JEGS Tour this year. So Flat Rock Speedway, the Van Dorn Racing Development 125 on Saturday, June 22nd at The Rock is a CRA Super Series and JEGS Tour combo points race. So that will be a little bit different. Um, and, and then from there, we go to Nashville Fairgrounds with the Southern Super Series. Then the first ASA race, the, the National Tour in the CRA region, the Redbud 400 at Anderson Speedway on July 20th. So that's the first time we'll be paired up. And, and last year was a really, really good show. The, the quality of the field was exceptional. And uh, I think that was reflected 400 laps, high bank, quarter mile, did not have to roll one tow truck. Uh, believe wow. it or not. <laughs> I did year. not remember yeah. being that clean. That's impressive. Yeah. 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 So who would have thought, but I think that just goes to show the the quality of the field, the teams and the drivers that, that we have with, with ASA is, is second to none. Um, back to, to Michigan first time for, uh, ASA nowadays, we have to go back way back when, uh, when, when ASA was last at Owasso Speedway. And so we're looking forward to getting back to Owasso, um, again, staying in the CRA region with ASA, we're, uh, uh, Toledo Speedway, Glass City 200 on September 14th. Same thing at Glass City last year, quality of field. Really good. Uh, I think the fans sure enjoyed the show and, and the return of ASA. And, and I think we and really a have a fuel mileage race. When's the last time you saw a yeah. template late model fuel <laughs> mileage race? <laughs> yeah, rolling, rolling the dice with some pit strategy, and it, it did not work out for everybody. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> no, no, um, but that that certainly added a lot of excitement. Winchester 400, exciting as always, and then of course it wraps up with the All American at Nashville first of November. And by the way, just to clarify, right? Because I, I think that we in the organization try to get ready for naysayers, and you look at the schedule and you go, okay, where it's the CRA Super Series schedule, but this is this looks like the ASA Stars National Tour schedule. And, and Scott, you pointed out, let's remember. These were all CRA events first. <laughs> so yeah, right. th these are, but these are staple CRA events, right? From the old ASA and then in the 90s when, when CRA came around and into the early 2000s when CRA started sanctioning um, Winchester 400, All American 400, uh, Glass City 200 doesn't count, but as the 200 lap race, but we were a partner with that, with the, with the outlaw cars. And then the Red Bud mm -hmm. 400, I mean, these are all staple CRE events that have always been a part of the schedule. So it's just great to see them still be that way. Yeah. Well, and that was kind of the whole, the whole concept and part of Mr. Sargent's vision when, when he brought back ASA was to incorporate the three regional tours that we have, right? The, the ASA CRA Super Series, the ASA Midwest Tour, and the ASA Southern Super Series. So using a lot of, utilizing a lot of those crown jewel events that those tours have um for instance the the father's day sunday milwaukee mile race uh, right which is a part of the asa schedule again which was a midwest tour race for quite some time um so so yeah it, it certainly fits with with what we're doing i i think it fits well with the the state that super late model racing is in in our respective regions each region is a little bit different um so so for us in the cra region with supers in particular Having a lot of these co-sanctioned races um, is, is a good way for us to do it right now um, at, at, at this time. So a little bit different than than our Pro Late Model Tour, right, with, with the Jeg Series All-Stars Tour. And, Scott, you guys didn't stop there either. Uh, the Vorswalding CRA Late Model Sportsman Division, two tracks that I don't believe they've been to either are on the schedule for them. Yeah, so Spartan or Corgan Oil Speedway making an appearance on the schedule Sunday, 
late afternoon, May the 26th. We're, we're pretty excited about that. That'll be a co-sanctioned race with the Corvin Oil Speedway Sportsman cars. And then just a couple of weeks before that, same thing, co-sanctioned with the Owasso Speedway Sportsman cars uh, when, when we're up there at that 3 8 mile, beautiful new racetrack on Saturday, May 11th. Uh, so that added some character to the to the sportsman schedule, which has been pretty Indiana based for the most part. I think we've got to go back. Uh, what? I'll help you 10 out. Years ago, maybe. Yeah, one time did the late model sportsman cars ever come to Michigan, and it was a 2018 race at M40. No, 18, 12. It was a 18, long time no. ago. No, yeah, was it 2012, yeah. 2011, sometime like that? It was at M40. Um, was the only time the, this tour has ever been to Michigan. Yeah, so that, that added some variety, which is good. And, and it is the, the Sportsman Series. So, of course, we're going to have our staples with, with Anderson Speedway and the return of the Madison County 200. Going to Salem for the second time. We went there last year. Great race at, at the high banks of Salem last year. And uh, a couple of shows at Winchester as well. So, Sportsman schedule starts with the traditional cabin fever event. So, this year is Saturday, April 13th at Shady Bowl Speedway in DeGraff, Ohio. Um, but and, and we've got a lot of good feedback too from 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 sportsman teams. We've got these races spaced out nicely, uh, the the best we could at least in in a little bit of variety with the addition of Spartan and Owasso. This division has always been intriguing to me as a guy who comes from a dirt background and CRA late model sportsmen and the late model sportsmen are what a lot of tracks are doing on a weekly basis now to get their template class. Uh, Berlin, the only class that says they're running supercars on a weekly basis, but let's be real, they're running a lot of pro cars there now because of money. But late model sportsman is, is a lot of grassroots tracks answers to having a template late model division. And uh, Scott, maybe for the uh, commoner fan, can you, is there an easy way to separate late model sportsman from the other two template late model divisions that CRA has? Because, I mean, supers and pros, that's easy. Crate, crate engine versus an open engine. Late model sportsman, I feel like, kind of blends the two together a little bit. It blends a lot together. And, and I think that's kind of the beauty of, of the class. You could take your super, make some adjustments, and run as a sportsman. You can take your pro, make some adjustments, and run as a sportsman. Or you can have your sportsman as a sportsman. <laughs> uh, Eight-inch eight wheels and, and, uh, and, and tires really is, is the biggest difference. And then depending on what you have, it's balanced through a lot of different weight scenarios, whether that's total weight or left side weight additions, deductions based on what you have. So what teams actually do when they come through the inspection lane, there's a, a declaration form that each team fills out that says, hey, I have this, which means I have to deduct this, or I have that, and I have to add 100 pounds for this. And so they actually fill out that, deduct that uh, declaration form as they come through inspection. And, and we use that to level the playing field, which, which CRA has done for, for quite some time and works well. Uh, I will say we're, we have made some adjustments to our rules package for 24, which are coming out this week, that uh, makes our rules a, a little more common with the area racetracks, especially the southern Michigan, northern Indiana, where we're all a little closer to being on the same page. So there should be less add this, deduct that, simplify it a bit for, for teams. Scott, when we were at the banquet uh, banquet on Friday night, um, you got up and spoke, and you and we have a lot of teams, teams, drivers, crews that, that that listen to this program, and you brought up pay and how that is going to increase across the uh, various CRA series in 2024. And when you first said that number, and I'm going to make you say it again, when you first said that number on Friday, I I was unsure I heard. Go ahead and explain because you're adding money across the board to all four series. Yeah, so if you take our prize money from last year and stack it up against the scheduled prize money to be paid out this year, uh, it's, it exceeds well over $100,000 in additional prize money for teams. And, and that, so that's more higher paying street stock races, sportsman races, JEGS tour, and uh, ASA CRA Super Series as well. So that's that's something that we're we're quite proud of. Uh, it's it's not easy to do, and and it takes our our sponsors and our our race promoters, and, and all have to work together on that. But we were able to get that done this year. 
uh, for our race teams, which which we're we're very excited about. And and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of exciting things. And you look at what what a lot of these racetracks are doing too, right? So Whittemore Speedway is taking a big risk picking up a, a Jeg CRA All Stars Tour show. And you look at the improvements that Owasso Speedway is doing and, and some of the things that Toledo Speedway is doing with their schedule. And Winchester has changed up Labor Day. We're doing Twin 50s, a bigger sportsman race, the, the King of the High Banks program with the street stock, Five Crown with the street stock. Uh, so we're, we're doing a lot of things. These racetracks are doing a lot of things. And, and so we're, we're all together, I think, taking a lot of risk because we, we see that there's, there's some really good opportunities with what we're doing with pavement circle track racing right now and uh, we're we're looking forward to, to getting started and, and rolling with that i know spring's going to be here before we know it you you really did with your team made a conscious effort and i was down in a lot of the pit areas talking to these crews and everything that we're talking about comes from those conversations correct yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we spent a lot of time going through the garage area, uh, speaking with different teams, and whether that was myself or Joe Ballish or or Greg Wood, and, and I feel like we put in a really conscious effort into listening. Um, and you know what ASA has done, working with Hoosier Racing Tire with with the tires for late model racing, right? The, taking what was several different combinations and narrowing that down to an SD one, two or three. And I wanted to ask you about it. that. I want to pause right there. How important was that for what, what you're trying to do in, you know, minimizing cost, increasing payout and, and making it just more friendly to, to come to a CRA event. How important was that in that work with Hoosier? Yeah, I, I think that was, that was a big, a big step. Um, so, and in, in to deliver a, a more consistent tire was also part of that goal. So, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's faster on the stopwatch. That that wasn't the objective of it. A, a, a consistent tire that teams can rely on, and, and we don't have to change tire compounds for this series to that series, this track to that to this region. From there, um, so that was the the biggest thing that we listened to on on teams and, and working with Hoosier to, to to develop to develop that. Excuse me, was uh, was was a pretty big step. So um, things of that nature to to one day shows over two day shows. Although ASA is a little bit different, and that goes back to there's some differences between a super team and a pro team. Our, our ASA shows they really do need to be two day shows. And we've heard that from a lot of those teams. And, and so that's what we're doing there. But our JEGS tour, a lot of one day shows, we have uh, appointment times essentially for technical inspection. You come through at your designated time. So you're spending less time waiting in a line. There is no line essentially for tech inspection. Um, teams have asked for more time from the end of practice to the start of qualifying. So when we're doing our schedule of events for the for the day, we've opened up a gap where they have more time to work on their cars and prepare for qualifying. Um, uh, just just a lot of little things that we really put a conscious effort into paying attention to and, and implementing into our program uh, at the end of last year, and then even more so as we go over 24. Last thing for you, Scott, as we uh, get ready to, to wrap up and let you go, um, we do this with other promoters and we say pick pick something that you're excited about for 2024 and then something from 2023 that you're excited to build on. And so I guess start with the, the thing that you're looking forward to building on from 2023. And, and I'll help you out even. Centralize it to the JEGS Tour because that's what our listing region is going to see the most is the JEGS Tour in 2024. Something you built off of from 2023 that you're excited to see in play for this coming season. 23, the... The highlight. I had to, I had a couple of them and, and talked about a couple of them Friday night at, uh, at at the banquet. But but I guess the one overall was the Masters of the Pros event that we did at Owasso Speedway. I feel like for us in the Jegs Tour, that was really the the starting point and or, or the turning point. We started to make that curve and and head in in a more defined direction. We we brought we brought back merchandise which which we hadn't had at, yeah. at the several previous races we had the we brought back the the handouts every fan that came through the gate got a, a little scorecard that had the entry list and a story and and some some facts about some of the drivers and stats and that sort of thing so they were they kind of knew a little bit more about you know who they were watching race um 
we did the we, we did driver introductions out of car and we had the stage and we had an autograph session it wasn't an on track we, we weren't able to get that in the schedule but but four of the drivers came up and, and we did it in the concourse and, and it was packed we gridlocked the the concourse there were so many people excited to meet some of these drivers and, and get autographs and make that connection which which was huge um it was a, a good paying race right the masters of the pros and that was a sign of things to come we uh, we changed up some of the things that we did with with officiating and the way that we we went about some things and so just so many things that we're i think proud of from that particular event and and then started implementing forward that really set the that final third of the year that we talked about a little bit early on and then uh, so you know you have so many new highlight. tracks on the schedule in 24 that i'm not going to make you pick one or, or say that a track is the highlight but you know I, I think with everything that's going on and this is just for me i think the car counts is the exciting thing for 2024 um i am really looking forward to consistently seeing probably and i'm saying this you're not and but i'm thinking 20 to 24 guys we're probably going to see on a really regular basis that's what we're shooting for. Absolutely. Um, and, and in addition to that, we're, we're shooting for a fair amount of those guys to be competing for a championship that yeah. are going to every race fighting for that championship. Uh, I, I think that the biggest thing in, in car counts, a big part of it that, that I'm excited for, for 24 is just to watch our fan base build back up as everybody gets engaged and and to work with our race teams hand in hand on this this project and on this season we're so fortunate at at CRA and and as you said with the Jegs tour in, in particularly to have the group of race teams that we have and, and and I do believe that a lot of us share the same vision and as far as you know what kind of what what we what we want what we expect when we go to a racetrack what we want to get out of that event and and what we can do for the race fans for our promoters and for the sport and and i do believe that we all want to grow this series that is ours together um in, in, into a really really strong touring series uh, for short track racing. And, and I believe that we've got the right teams and, and the right officials and staff and administration lined up for this year, working with our, our partners at the racetrack and sponsors and interacting with our race fans. It's going to be a good year. And Scott, you mentioned the race fans too. Um, you know, we know what it was like for the, the triple crown at Birch run. Uh, each one of those races, you look, look up in the grandstands, packed house, the met, like you said, the master of the pros, one eighty four at Owasso packed house um you, you got some motivation that you can possibly do that at other racetracks throughout as well yeah yeah absolutely uh berlin raceway always has a nice crowd built in and and they've got as, as you guys said a little bit earlier there's a lot of pro cars that race with the supers just the way the track's configured you can easily do that so add that good field of pro cars plus the jegs tour guys I think that's going to create a lot of excitement with a really good entry, entry list right out of the gate. Uh, Spartan Speedway, Jegs Tour has never been to Spartan before. So I think there's going to be a lot of interest there. It's a Sunday afternoon. Nobody else is racing on that particular Sunday. So great opportunity to get over to Spartan, which is a really nice facility. Jim Leisure does an outstanding job of, of keeping that facility clean and fan friendly and excited to, to, to work with Jim and, and his return to that racetrack. Flat Rock's always a great show. You know that, Rich. You're there almost every Saturday night. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, this would not if you race, Not if you can help it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, but, but this Whittemore race is going to be really cool, too. Fireworks on that night. Everybody's excited and fired up. So, yeah, that's, that's what we want to see. That's what promoters need us to help do is, is uh, make, make sure that we're selling tickets and have a good crowd and, and racers want to race in front of a, of a, of a big crowd. And um, I think that's what we're going to see in 24. That's, that's what our forecast is. Saturday, January 20th, the unofficial start for both the ASA CRA Super Series and the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour for the uh, Protect Your Melon Buckle Up Speed Fest 2024 at Chris Motorsports Park in Cordial, Georgia. And then from there, 
Uh, first season opener, Saturday, April 13th for the Vores Welding Sierra Late Model Sportsman at Shady Bowl Speedway. Saturday, April 27th at Berlin Raceway for the Jeg CRE All-Stars Tour. And Saturday, June 22nd at Flat Rock Speedway for the ASA CRA Super Series. And Scott, um, I'm with you. I'm excited. This is a, this is, these are some great schedules. We didn't even talk about CRA Street Stocks and all the great things they've got going on. Um, Bristol, Saturday, April when? April the 6th. Saturday, April 6th for the return, the final lap for the uh, Short Track U.S. Nationals. So uh, great things going on within CRA. And, of course, uh, more information on that, cra-racing.com. Scott, man, thanks for making time for us. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate everything that, that you, Zach, and, and Rich, that you guys do for not just CRA, but uh, Michigan Auto Racing and our whole sport in general. So good luck to you guys this season. and. Looking forward to seeing you at our first CRA race. Well, always a pleasure to get a chance to talk to the boss, man. I know Matt Swander will be happy to hear from uh, from Scott again. And uh, you you mentioned it, aggressive scheduling in Michigan, Owasso Speedway, a key part of all three of those schedules that we talked about. And uh, I think Rex is excited to have those series in as well. Speaking of aggressive schedules, Rich, did you see the 2024 Great Lakes Super Sprint Series schedule that was released this week? Holy oh, smokes. That- that book, that book, the that book? They put out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. I didn't, get through it. I didn't get through it all. Unreal. Now there are some TB, you know, TB announced uh, to be announced dates on this schedule, Rich. But otherwise, pretty well full. And you go through a lot of doubleheader weekends, which drivers really like. If they're going to unload the car, they want double the opportunity to try to win some cash. Um, and some really cool racetracks that we're going to go to. Um, of course, I-96 Speedway, Crystal here in Michigan, Hartford, Butler, all on the schedule for 2024. A couple of TBAs, we understand, could be some other tracks. Silver Bullet Speedway on there as well. But then you branch out a little bit. Gas City I-69 Speedway on there possibly twice. Lawrenceburg on there. Fremont on there. Waynesfield Raceway Park makes several appearances on this schedule. Lima Land on there, of course, naturally. How about this? Oshweekin Midsummer Nationals on the GLSS schedule as part of uh, it's a co-sanctioned deal. And the Northern Sprint Car Nationals at Oshweekin on the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series schedule. Plus, Millstream and uh, Eldora returns on this schedule as well. It will still be broken down into regions. You'll still have your Wolverine in your southern region. But the idea is, come to all of them. There's only one date that overlaps for the northern and the southern regions, and uh, that is May 17th, Hartford and Lima Land overlap. Other than that, Rich, there should be no division of the old NRA and the old GLSS. Uh, if you're a 360 sprint car driver in the Great Lakes region, you should be at a GLSS event in 2024. Yeah, and I, th- I think we, when we, last year, you would know more, though, I think. There wasn't a lot of, cra- it, when the races were down there in Ohio, you didn't have a lot of guys coming from the Wolverine down there to run it. You would get a few guys, but not enough to where it, it really matters and puts a dent in where it's going to hurt the car counts. Right. I mean, you had some guys, if there wasn't anything going on, they would go. Um, but it was really Phil... Phil Gressman, Max Stambaugh, uh, at the time, Tyler Rankin. You know, you had you had about five or six guys who were doing all of them. I think this schedule, people are excited about it. People are excited about the tracks that we're going to. And, uh, you know, people, people know the way that GLSS is run. And I think the fans are the real winners here in 2024. You're going to get a chance to see them at some really cool tracks. Yeah, once GLSS starts their season, Zach, I'll see you in October. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said the same thing. She's like, come home, shower, and I'll do your laundry, and then you're right back out the We're door. Back on the road again, huh? <laughs> Poor guy. Well, Rich, it is a very aggressive Great Lakes Super Sprint Series schedule, and we're going to see uh, and hear more about it Saturday when we uh, go to the banquet. Well, when I go to the banquet in Jackson uh, with Barry Marlowe and the Great Lakes Super Sprints organization, one of the drivers expected to see a lot in 2024 at these races. Makes her home in Fremont, Ohio. We have finally, uh, after much work last season, landed on a nickname. Uh, I'm now calling her the Warden. Kelsey Ivey, welcome on to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me. So, Kelsey, uh, you know, I'm going to come right out of the gate with this. Um, Your racing career 
has been a little bit different in the, in the terms of longevity and when you've raced. You've been kind of uh, start and stop. You took a little bit of a hiatus there after you got started. Tell us about that. Yeah, I ran 305 for two years, and then we decided to jump up to the 410s, primarily because the 360 deal wasn't really close to us, um, and it wasn't wasn't a easy step for us at the time. So we, we jumped into four tens, ran two years, had a pretty good accident, um, took a year off, came back into the three Oh fives and then, uh, finally landed with the three sixties. Talk about the, the accident and the time off. Was this time off a voluntary time off or were you kind of backed into a corner because of the accident? How did those things uh, correlate? Um, it was more of a personal choice. Uh, after the wreck, I, I was pretty sore, my neck and my back hurt and I tried to do therapy and things like that. And, um, it, it took a little bit for me to get, kind of make that decision. Uh, I, I went back and forth with it, you know, and then I ultimately decided that if I couldn't be a hundred percent, whether it was mentally 100% or physically 100%, then I shouldn't be in the car. So we took the year off, and then about February of uh, 2020, I decided I want to race. I wanted to race again, and it kind of worked out for me because COVID hit um, <laughs> yeah. the year before. So that that played into me taking the year off too. It was kind of like, well, you know, we don't even know if we're going to race, and since that was already up in the air. I figured that was a sign for me to go ahead and just take a season off. Kelsey, we talked to a lot of different multi-generational drivers that, you know, have come their, their parents or their grandparents or, you know, all the way back, you know, and anybody knows, doesn't know who your dad, John Ivy. I mean, they've been living under a rock if they don't kind of, <laughs> kind of talk about your decision to kind of follow in his footsteps. Yeah. So that started at a very young age. Um, I actually have racing from both sides of the family on my uh, mom's side, the Smith side. I don't know if you know, well, I'm sure you do. Uh, Brian Smith ran up in Michigan a few times. That's sure. actually my cousin. So his um, dad, my uncle and my grandpa both raced as well. But uh, my, with my dad racing, that was more, you know, I, I could be hands on with that versus my uncle and my grandpa. But my uh, dad always had his, always took us to the shop. And every time I was in the stands, my mom said I, I would be like, something's wrong with that car at like two or three <laughs> years old. I just, I just knew. And my dad said I'd pester him like every, every night. When are you going to let me race? When am I going to race? I want to race. And so finally they did. They put me in a cart. About three. I wasn't allowed to race until I was four. But we would go out and practice at the track and my dad said I would just drive and drive and drive until I literally fell asleep. Aww. And so that's, that's kind of how I got started. And, um, ever since then, I, I just, I wanted to race sprint cars. That was the goal. And here we are seven years later. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at the points, uh, the GLSS points last year and I was going down there and I didn't have to go real far to find your name. Your name is right in there with some drivers that probably people wouldn't expect. You had a pretty good season, didn't you? Yeah, and I only ran half the season. Um, we started off in the 305, uh, kind of came up, I would say, a few times with you guys with the 305. And it was kind of funny. I remember the first night with the 360. I, I didn't really tell anybody. I just kind of wanted to see what would happen. And, <laughs> and I set quick time. <laughs> yeah, until, I remember this. Yeah. Until the, yeah, until the, I don't remember who it was came out and beat me but one of the guys came over and they said that's a 305 i started laughing i was like no we got a 360 now i just didn't <laughs> want to say anything <laughs> i want to go back um and we're going to talk more about current stuff too but you know you, you you're talking about your dad and, and racing at three four years old or you know running the cart and then you get into racing do you remember the first time that you hit the track with your dad? Is that a memory that sticks out in your head? And if so, can you kind of play it back for us a little bit? Oh yeah, that was uh, definitely one of my favorite things. That's kind of one of the main reasons, you know, I, 
I do miss racing 305s with my dad now that I'm running 360s, but just rolling around the track and, and just seeing him next to me and, you know, he'll always come up and hit me in the bumper and then give me a <laughs> thumbs up and tell me good luck. And, and I always know when I race with him, it's, it's going to be a clean race. So we've started next to each other. I probably every heat race, when I first started racing, I swear we were, it was by pill draw and we started right next to each other. And I was like, man, <laughs> it made me nervous. Cause I got to get away from this I, guy. You know, I didn't, yeah. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to wreck him or anything while I'm just starting. And then now when I start next to him, it's always kind of like, bring it on. Let's yeah. What you got. <laughs> do you remember the first time, do you remember the first time it happened? Uh, we were at Fremont in the 305s. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. No, we were at Attica in the 305s. My, I want to say it was probably my second or third night out. And, uh, well, hold on, let me go back. So I started the first season. I only ran like three races at each track because you had to be under certain amounts to qualify for rookie of the year. Okay. So then the next season, once I kind of got going the first time I was up to speed, uh, I started on the pole and I was going to go up and start last. Well, my dad started second and he goes, no, you were running fast <laughs> enough times. You're going to start up front. And I was like, Oh man, I was so nervous. I was like, okay, I got this. I can do this. I don't remember, you know, how we finished sure. or anything, but I, I do remember it was, it was fun. You know, just like I said, rolling around with him out there, it, even when we went to the chili bowl, you know, I'm watching the chili bowl. So that sticks in my mind. Very first time I ever ran a midget, we went out to the chili bowl and both ran together and just rolling around on the track with him there for the first time was just as surreal as the very first time we ever were on the track together. I still enjoy it. We just did it at Fort Wayne, you know, last week. So every time it's, it feels like the first time again, it's so fun. Kelsey, I want to talk to you about the rumble at Fort Wayne. I've been there a couple of times and the first time I showed up there, I was like, how do you even pass on this racetrack? Um, it, <laughs> but um, you had a pretty good weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I love the Rumble. It's kind of one of those races where, you know, people ask you how you're doing and, and you say, I'll let you know after <laughs> after this race. But um, thankfully, this year was a good year for us. We struggled the past couple of years with mechanical failures and just, you know, things out of our control. Whereas this year we we stayed stayed alive and stayed clean and uh, got two top threes. I think they technically marked us fourth, but. Yeah, either way. Um, I was happy with it. I actually did beat my dad the first night. He, he <laughs> had to throw right that in, in there, didn't you? Had to throw that in there, didn't uh, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to pass him so bad, but then right as, uh, right as I was going to, he kind of jumped the rear tire of the guy in front of in front of him. You know, that's kind of how it goes if things happen so fast. And like you said, there's not a lot of room to pass. You kind of got to do it coming out of the corner and beat him to the next corner. But it it was fun. I, I had a good time, and and he got to run the midget, and that was that was really cool. And you talk about that passing, and that's what I was going to say. I I don't know that I've I I bet I can count on less than a whole hand how many times I've seen somebody drive around somebody for a spot on the outside, right? So it's almost yeah. like you <laughs> it's almost like you have to be right behind them and just either bump them out of the way, or if they get a little tight, you have to jump on it right away. Yeah, that's kind of what we were fighting. So it's like you have to have a, a good balance of speed to get off the corner, but not too much speed that you're hitting the rev limiter in the you know middle of the straightaway. But the second night, I was really fast, but I wanted to finish the race and finish in that top three and not get greedy. But my dad, that was the first thing he said when I came in is, why didn't you go to the outside? I was like, I don't know. I I didn't want to wreck. I said the rest of the team cars wrecked out, and I, I wanted to do at least finish. <laughs> Eighth uh, to fourth on the first night, and you said they marked us fourth. Uh, did you think that you had third? Yeah, they. there was an incident that happened, and uh, a car went through the infield. Oh. So they were, they were kind of having a discussion about, you know, should they get the spot, should they not get the spot. And I was like, well, I'm counting it as third because in my book, <laughs> I'll take two top threes. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is the other thing that is cool about this Rumble is you never really know who you're going to race against or where from. Like, for instance, uh, that first night, Cap Henry gets the win in your 600-winged division. Of course, you've raced against him quite a bit. Uh, Chase Ridenauer in this field as well, Dylan Woodling. But then you get guys 
uh, or drivers who this is all they do is run indoor stuff. Um, those guys have got to be tough to compete with. Oh yeah, they are every year. It's, um, it's kind of cool though now, because I feel like I'm, I'm starting to get to know everybody kind of like with the Michigan deal, you know, when you're new at first, it's kind of, you don't know people, you don't know how, how they're going to feel or how they're going to drive you. And, and now it's kind of like, they say hi to me, they say good job to me. And I feel like I kind of earned some respect running, running with them. And, and I feel bad for the one guy pitted next to us. Uh, he, he ended up breaking his wrist. Oh my um, goodness. Friday night. Yeah. He, um, he's always a tough competitor and they actually run late models outdoors. So it, it, it's cool to see all the different people that come. A lot of them race, some of them race like TQ stuff. Some of them race 600 sprint cars, you know, you name it. It's kind of, it's kind of like the chili bowl, obviously a lot smaller scale, yeah. but it's still one of my favorite races of the year. And, and so I guess I'm going to piggyback off of rich a little bit because you look at the final night, 600 winged results, ninth to third for you plus six spots only one driver did better and that was bill dunham who went 15th to 7th plus eight um you're a hard charger in this event what does it take right i mean you talk about the setup and and having to be perfect on the setup but things happen so fast on that racetrack too um how do you how how do you stay focused and, and make those moves not clip an infield tire not get out of the groove and head you know head into the barrier and I mean, just it's got to be so much hyper focus on what's happening for twenty five laps, which may not—I don't know—is it quick? Is it a quick race? Is it quick as it looks? It never—it never seems to feel like it's that quick. But um, a lot of it, I would just say, is patience. Um, you, you know, I've been there—I couldn't tell you how many years. But even just watching, you know, that stuff's going to happen. You know, wrecks are going to happen. People are going to get antsy. You know, there's not a lot of room. So I'm always kind of driving on the defensive side you know I'm kind of looking for my exit route if something happens or not trying to be overly aggressive unless I know for a fact that I can beat somebody to the spot and like you said not hit that tractor tire not run over them because it is it is a fine line of patience and aggression how do you land of all the divisions that are available for uh the the Fort Wayne Rumble (laughs) Why 600 winged micros? Was this a natural progression? Was this something that you had raced outdoors in your, you know, youth coming up to the 305? Um, no, I actually never ran anything. It went from go-karts to uh, I ran a dirt truck for a couple races, and then I went right into a 305. The 600 stuff was uh, not really around us, and with my dad racing, wasn't really an option for me unless I had somebody else take me. But the natural, well, actually, I started off with running a non-wing indoors because they already had three wing cars. And then they changed the rule book and they made the dash so high that I literally couldn't see over it. And so I had to start running the wing class. So you have a good, you have a good weekend at the Rumble. Um, now you got to wait a little bit, right? I'm guessing. I don't know where, if you got other plans to to go anyplace indoors because it sounds like we're going to get a bunch of snow here pretty soon. Um, what what do you got on your radar, and what do you plan on doing for 2024? Yeah, um, we don't really have anything else right now. Um, they they were talking about doing a indoor series with the 600s, which which would be huge. It would give us you know, some more seat time. But for now, I, I actually have a surgery coming up next week. So it gives me some time to uh, heal up from that. And, and now I'm, you know, planning a wedding. So that's the off season's kind of been not so off season for me. I've been planning everything I can and, and trying to get everything done. But we've, we've been talking about schedules and I'm, I'm really excited about this GLSS schedule to go into Indiana, hit some more tracks I have not hit yet. I hit a lot of bucket list tracks this year, but there's still a how couple cool, more. How cool was Eldora? I think everybody just kind of had that same feeling at Eldora. We all hoped that we would dodge the rain and get a chance to do that. Um, I think a lot of people had fun with that last August. I had a blast. I love Eldora. I had only ever ran there one other time, and it was actually in a 410, so I had no idea what it was going to feel like because I've – I thought I-96 and a 360 felt faster than Eldora. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. But it's it's still fun. It's the atmosphere, just like going to Knoxville for the first time. Well, racing at Knoxville for the first time 
when I was rolling around there and I look up and see the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, it's just crazy. It's so cool. And, you know, that's what I was going to say is traveling is not necessarily outside of your wheelhouse. I think, was it uh, birthday weekend that you guys had loaded up shop and went to Missouri uh, and, and you guys went out there and, and tried to make that big show at Lucas Oil? Yeah, that was fun. Um, and we, and we kind of hurt ourselves if we would have made the right decision. We definitely would have made the show. But Yeah, what did you say? Honestly, you missed it by one spot or something? Missed it by one spot, and, uh, and the tire peeled off. Like, the whole the – whole, there was, like, a whole strip of the tire that was completely gone. And I think if it would have stayed together, we probably would have been all right. But we put on used tires because the track kept taking rubber, and, and we didn't have a lot of tires, so we were trying to preserve them. and. It, it didn't work out for us, but it was wow. still fun. I mean, out of all those tracks we traveled to, the only two shows we missed were Lucas Oil and Knoxville. Wow. So I think what Rich was kind of alluding to is, do you have any travel? You know, there's that big 360 Nationals, King of the 360, last alleged season at East Bay. Is that on your radar at all? I would like to say yeah, but I honestly have no idea. Um, we're always kind of behind the eight ball at the start of the season just because we don't have a heated shop. Oh, so I remember we, you telling we, me that, yeah, as we are getting ready yeah. for the off season. Yeah, so we we typically wait until it gets, you know, decent enough out that we can have everything out in the shop, and then we just thrash and, and get everything ready to go for the first night, which we may – I mean, we were talking about it, but it – it really just depends. Um, I'm having surgery on my nose, so I kind of got to make sure everything heals up good with that. But I'm sure Dad will uh, drive. I'm sure Dad will drive it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, he's actually at the Tilly Bowl right now, and I'm sure it's killing him to uh, not be racing. You know, but, Kelsey, they make they make heaters to make your life easier. <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah. if the house is heated, I'm sure a 360 will fit in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it probably would, but uh, then you have to take it back apart to get it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kelsey, uh, it, it was been it's been great to catch up with you. By the way, congratulations on the upcoming wedding. Um, so you'll be able to put that uh, warden nickname into full blown use uh, after, <laughs> after after you say I do, which will be great. Um, twenty twenty four. You mentioned it that that aggressive Great Lake Super Sprint schedule. Um, you uh, you have a championship on your mind for this upcoming season. We're going to do the best we can. Um, like I said, I I have a lot of things going on with planning weddings, and we got another little member of the family coming, and anytime my sister is ready to go, anytime. So <laughs> I, I try to keep a good balance um, of traveling and being around my family. So we'll, we'll hit as many as we can, and uh, if the weather looks bad, we might take off and go try some other track again just to – make memories and have fun and, and not have that pressure of points racing, but you never know. We might be doing good and I'll say, Hey, let's, let's stay with it. Let's I keep wanna, going. I want to get that championship. But, All it takes is for you to yeah. screw around and finish in the top three, the first three nights, and then you're locked in. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, the least pressure I put on myself, the better I perform, which is why I do well when I travel because I don't know anybody. I've never been there. You know, I can't, you just go race and have fun. So yeah, for sure. I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about these new tracks too. I don't know that they haven't had some of these tracks before, right? No, yeah, and like Gas City, it's been a long time. Uh, you know, and I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but uh, no, you're absolutely right. Some of these places that Barry has signed for 2024, we've not been to since the opening season or at all. So um, this is That's a really awesome. exciting <laughs> schedule. Yeah, he does a great job with this series too. Every everywhere I go, I tell people, I'm like, you would. Well, you, you would probably be, had to be um, a little bit surprised. nervous, right? Racing with with Attica Fremont, and then NRA gets dissolved and bought by some joker from Michigan, right? You're probably a little little nervous about that. You know, I I always loved running with you guys. You know, everybody was so kind and welcoming, and, and Barry always came up and said thank you for coming and. That might not mean a lot to people, but to me it does. When people take the time to, you know, thank you for supporting them and, and you know, put in the effort, it makes a big difference. You know, you, you, you travel a little bit and you uh, see how good you really have it at home. <laughs> well, Kelsey, congratulations, as Rich said. Top 15 and two of the three Great Lakes Super Sprints uh, point schedules 
and as you mentioned, a part-time schedule at that. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on the great run at the Fort Wayne Rumble, and uh, good luck with everything you have coming up uh, before the season even starts, and then with the 2024 season as well. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. All right, good good to catch up with Kelsey, first-time guest on uh, Horsepower Happenings and, and a really cool story, as we mentioned, with, with her father, John, and everything uh, that they've done. But, Rich, it's time to look ahead, and uh, it's banquet season, Great Lakes Super Sprint Series banquet on Saturday. I'll be back in at work. Uh, if we can get through the, like, 17 inches of forecasted snow between Friday and Saturday, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know how it is. I'm so glad you're a lot healthier this year than you were last year at this time. <laughs> but, it, but it was cool. I enjoyed, uh, you know, you, you were under the weather, so I went out and covered you for the Great Lakes Super Sprints Banquet last year. Um, I am glad with the forecast that I don't have to make the yeah. trek out to Jackson, and that's a lot closer for you. Yeah. So, uh, but you'll have a good time. I had a great time with the group last year. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then Chili Bowl Nationals finale on that night as well. So I'm sure that we are going to be just speeding right through that awards banquet. People are going to be looking at their phones, not paying attention. Um, Hurry up, Zach. Yeah. Talk fast. Talk yeah. fast. Yeah. And uh, don't worry about the stats. Just say the name and the position, and let's hand out the trophy. Um, so we'll hurry up through that. And then, uh, Rich, a week from Saturday, you and I get to work together again on a very special project. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, you know, we I got to MC this banquet once before, but it's the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet. Um, we get together first time. Horsepower Happenings together will be MCing the banquet. We'll have to figure out how we're going to do this. Um, it sounds like there are a ton of awardees oh to boy. give out. Yes, so we are going to uh, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Uh, I got an idea. How about I do the drinking and you do the talking? Does that work? Boy, that sounds absolutely not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, overlapping that, Rich, we talked about it with Scott with the CRA schedule just briefly. Uh, Speed Fest down at Cordial, Georgia, the unofficial kickoff to the Jegs Tour season and uh, the ASA CRA Super Series season. And that is why neither one of us will be at Speed Fest. That's right. Because, because we have a conflict and, and we are sticking. We didn't know the schedule. No, we didn't. Um, we didn't know the schedule when uh, Michigan Auto Racing fan club, John Jackson, the president, asked us to to do this. And um, then Speedfest came out, and it Speedfest is a week earlier this year than it usually is. Yep. And we saw the schedule, and we looked at each other, and said, "Nope, we're not going. We're not going. We're going to do this thing back home for the fan club." Yeah, there's probably not a jet fast enough to get us from Cordial up to uh, Metro Detroit. I mean, maybe, but we would not be prepared. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I've been at Speedfest the last few years, so uh, I've enjoyed it down there, and it's nice to. It, 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 and I'm at the fan club banquet every year anyway, so yep. it's it the fan club banquet. It, it's a great thing. Um, all sold out now, so you if you're listening to this, you can't get tickets now if you don't have if you don't if you, you have haven't sent your money for the tickets. Yeah, get find a find a scalper because you are not going to find them anymore. Uh, by the way, RacingAmerica.tv. If you're like us and you're sticking around for the fan club banquet, but you want to watch Speedfest, RacingAmerica.tv has your hookup on that for 2024. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. On behalf of Scott Menlin, who is not only the CRA director but he pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings, my co-host Scott or my co-host Rich France. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.